Amen. Well, my name is David. I, uh, good to meet you. Good to see you. If, if you don't know, and we have, we have had some new folks join our church uh, this summer, and I may have never met you. Um, I am uh, coming off a three-month sabbatical, and this is my uh, first Sunday back. Um, and I just want to start by thanking you, our church, um, to allow, well, not just to allow, but applaud and support um, the idea of rest and, and health and all the stuff that we've, um, that I've been involved in the last three months and to, to be unplugged and as hard as that was and not knowing how that was going to be, we actually did that. I'm, I, I have no idea. Um, I'm just catching up this week on what's happened and who and what and where, um, and we've been so blessed. And, and I want to thank uh, my family, um, my wife, uh, who has seen my face more the last three months than probably any time in our marriage. Maybe she's the most excited for me to be back at work. Uh, but now she uh, and my three kids um, have been, it's just been really sweet for us, the, the five of us, over the last uh, three months. And uh, God did just some beautiful things. And they were supportive of me and what I was trying to do in that, which was awesome. I, I want to thank my God, obviously, um, his patience. I, I, I was going to say, I think, I know that he knew, I didn't know, I, I know that he was not surprised by how much I would struggle with the initial quieting of my soul phase of sabbatical, um, but in his patience, uh, he was so good in that, and, and part of what allowed me to do what I did was to know that you were in good hands, right? Our, our, they're not here, they're all across the country, uh, but our guest speakers and preachers, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was, we're still being impacted as a church from the messages that were preached um, from our guest preachers and then our staff. And then uh, remember our Super 7 slide? Um, they would be the first to tell you it wasn't just them because there was a lot of people surrounding them and leaders with them, under them, around them. But, but we turned everything that could be turned over to these seven folks and more that we can't fit on the screen. And um, man, from all I know, like tell me after church if something I need to know, but from everything I know, they were incredible. God taught us what we thought he would, which is there's a whole lot of stuff that a whole lot of people need to be doing because they're gifted to do it, not for a sabbatical, but for church, like health and life and function. And, um, and they were, they've been great to me. Um, this is, you know, some key leaders and, and our staff. What we didn't know when we planned sabbatical nine months ago, we didn't know that our staff would be going through a lot of stuff. We didn't know, um, you know, that Joy would become a foster mom uh, this spring of two precious little ones. Uh, we didn't know that Seth, our, our, who leads our worship, uh, Joy's our women's pastor, if you didn't know, and, Joy, or, and Seth leads our worship. We didn't know that he was going to have a pretty intense uh, heart surgery on August 19th. Um, I don't know if, if you knew that, but, but he had a heart surgery on August 19th that we didn't know he was going to have. Um, and this is Seth. And, and I say this as a credit to him, but also... Dude needs help. He, he, we, we talked, I'm in sabbatical. He's like, hey, they're going to do this heart surgery, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to push it back till you get back from sabbatical. It's like, no, you're not going to push a heart surgery back. Um, so, so that went great. By the way, this is his uh, first Sunday back, and God's been so good and all that. Um, but with, with Joy transitioning, uh, adjusting to, to a new foster mom life, Seth being out with heart surgery, um, man, that left a lot on our associate pastor, Raf G, 
uh, Raf Gonzalez preaching, leading, handling, doing everything. So, uh, and he's in the room. Can we thank all of these guys and ladies for doing all they did? It was such a comfort to me. Uh, just to know, Raph knew there was a list, it was a small list, if this, this, or this happens, you gotta call me. Um, and I didn't get any of those calls, which was beautiful. Um, and, you know, everything wasn't perfect, right? Um, my first week back, Tuesday was my first week back in the office, I had to have, within 24 hours, I had to have a hard conversation with Raph specifically, because he was good, but he wasn't perfect. He stood on this stage, and I hope you're on vacation that week, uh, he, he stood on this stage and he said some things I won't repeat about our beloved Carolina Panthers. Um, and if you haven't been around, we, we've said from the beginning, and, and he knows this when he was hired, and he, I don't understand completely, but if, if you don't care about football, that's fine. We just ask you to be a Panther fan. If, if, if you do care about football and you grew up like he did in Boston and have a team, we don't want you to sell out your team. Like be, that's, that's fine. Just let, like, just be united in it's your second team, right? That's all we ask. And if you can't do that, then just don't hate, right? And um, I, I confronted Raph, you know, early on as I came back this week. Um, he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, yeah, I was watching. I wasn't in the building that day, but I heard that. And, um, I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry. I, he was completely, and as far as I know, is still today completely unrepentant. Um, so, but here's what I've learned. I'm, I'm, I forgive you, man. All right. I forgive you. I'm okay. Right. We're going to let God work in, in you. Um, even as, as Chauncey was putting that service, uh, that verse up from Revelation about persevering, like, what I, what I want to remind you of and Raph um, is it's not just because, like, we like the team. It is God's team, right? Like, that, that, their phrase, like my man on the front row, he's wearing a jersey of a man who loved and followed Jesus, is now with Jesus, and his walk and journey with Christ led to a phrase, keep pounding, which is now the motto for the team, right? It's not, it's not about football. It's always about Jesus. And if, Raph, you can't get on board with that, we... We pray for you, man. So uh, it's also, you know, our geographically closest team. And while I'm passing out forgiveness, some very key people in our church are not here on birthday Sunday. And they're not going to be here second service. And the reason is because they're in Charlotte, probably tailgating right now at Bank of America Stadium to, to watch this game. And it's like, you know, I've been gone. I've missed people. And bigger than me, obviously, it's our eighth birthday but I'm coming off sabbatical and you guys are going to watch because you're key people. You're going to watch or listen later this week. You know who you are. I forgive you, right? <laughs> I bless you. Uh, the, the families I know, um, one specifically I know is going to be there uh, representing the Panthers and cheering us on and, and, and do that. We support you. There's also some key families that are there right now and they have all their Browns gears on. That's their team. And they are there to cheer against our team, miss church on our birthday to go cheer against us. And I say to you, I forgive you, and I pray that you will take your whooping with humility today at one o'clock and that you get back safe. Um, people have asked, a few this week, some of you have asked about my sabbatical. You've asked, uh, how was it, right? And that's, that's nothing wrong with that question. I just don't know how to answer that. It's such, a, it's such an enormous question. Um, let me... Let me try briefly just to answer it this way. It, it was great. 
Um, it really was great. It was, I don't know all that I expected. And in the greatness of it, it was, it was hard at times. Um, hard for a lot of reasons, but I guess I would sum it up. The reset that God was trying to do in my soul, which I was open and, and desiring, um, the, the acknowledgement of how much noise was in my head, heart, and life. Like, you know, when you're, when you're trying to have a phone conversation, you got to turn down the radio, right? So you can hear, like, so I just thought that's what it was. I'll just kind of chill, and then I'll, you know, everything will be clean and clear. And, and I had no idea the level of noise in my soul, right? And I'm not talking about busyness. I'm not just talking about busyness. That's part of it. There's just a, a ton of stuff that I wasn't even aware of that made it. Like there's a point maybe four or five weeks into my sabbatical where I'm like, I must be doing this wrong, right? This is all for me to get close and listen to God. And I feel further away from God than I did a month ago. I don't think that's the goal of sabbatical is to grow further from God. But it was just a, a really... Uh, pruning, hard, beautiful deal. I, I'm, I'm different um, on the backside of this and in a good way. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited now, like starting this past week, coming week, months, to put into practice all that God was teaching me into real life, right? How to do not Sunday morning, but, but Monday to Saturday and how to function and just to live in this. I was joking about forgiving people, but there is, there's just a freedom and a pressure from my soul that's been lifted. And I'm confident God didn't want to do that for the summer of 22. He wanted to do that for life and, and even in a way that affects our church. And there's so much I'm going to say through the next weeks and months about sabbatical. What, what was for me, what was for us, um, so much. But, I, but I'm going to stop there for today because it's birthday Sunday, right? Yeah, come on. It's a birthday. Now... Here's how we do this. You may be here for the very first time today. It's your very, I don't know, right? If it's your very first time, you, you're like, you're fully in. Like you got an invite to the party. It's, you're fully in on eight years. If you've never done anything, served anything, gave anything, whatever, like you're in the party, we're here. In fact, I don't know if you read your church emails. I hope you do. If you're not on the list, you can do that on our website. Um, but we're doing like what some of you do. We're extending the birthday, Right? Some of you take your birthday week. Some of you take a birthday month. I've seen how you do. We're taking a birthday week. So we're, we couldn't do all we wanted to do uh, today. So this is the bookend, right? This is birthday Sunday one. Our actual birthday is 9-14, September 14th. 9-14-14 is when we started. So we're going to celebrate again next Sunday in a different way. We'll get to that. So this is the first of two birthday Sundays. And we used to do this before COVID, and we haven't done this in a few years. I'm going to do it today. And it's going to be interesting in this room. Uh, 9, 14, 14, we started at a the movie theater, 15 minutes, 12 minutes from here. Would you stand up if you were there on 9, 14, 14? Would you just, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. You, you, single digits, right? Uh, they're coming to second service, right? 11 o'clock. Um, I, I, how about this? I don't think this is going to be a whole lot different because of what God's done. W would you stand up if you ever attended Relentless Church at the theater, ever? Would you that's... All right, all right, we'll clap for y'all. Okay, 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 you sit down. So that was probably in my quick math brain, that's probably 62% of, of the room. So some of you that are new, 
Some of you that are new feel like, you know, like I'm the new, like there's a lot of folks in our church and there's more in the 11 o'clock that have, they don't know anything about the theater, right? We've been here three years, three and a half years. Um, and, and man, we're celebrating all God did. Um, I try to not wait till birthday Sunday to celebrate and remember, but I just remembered this morning as I came in, I, I just thank God again that we didn't have to set up a stage and unload a trailer. Amen. If you were part of that, you remember those early, early mornings. They were good at the time, but it's nice and, and a blessing. But it's, it's more than not loading in. It's, it's the lives. You know, Travis, uh, what a beautiful prayer. Um, nothing selfish about it um, that he just prayed of the lives that we get to see change for eight years of being what we're still becoming, a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. And if I know one thing from coming off my sabbatical, I'm, I'm more bought in and excited and sure that that's what we're becoming and, and that we've only scratched the surface on what it means to center a life and a culture and a church community on the gospel, to focus on forever and quit wasting our lives with the stuff that won't matter at all, and to be the multi-ethnic global movement that God has called us to be. We have only scratched the surface on any of that, which gets me pretty excited. I could go on and on about our church and and Church for the Untold, Unconvinced, and, and what we're about. But, but some of you know that, and some of you, uh, we, we do that in detail on the event that Chauncey mentioned. Um, Welcome to Relentless. It's uh, two weeks from tomorrow night. Uh, we will be done. We start at 6.30. We will be done by the time Monday Night Football kicks off. If that's a reason for you to like, eh, I don't know. Come on, right? We'll, we'll, be, we'll take care of you. If you've never been to Welcome to Relentless or it's been so long you don't remember anything about it, uh, we would love for you to come to that one night event and we'll tell you all about what that means and how you fit and answer questions and anything we can do. But as, as my first Sunday back, and I, I, this was hard for me, but... Um, I wasn't working on messages for three months. I was working on not working and just being and listening and being still and stopping and resting and contemplating, delighting, delighting some of those things we talked about in the spring. So I didn't like plan. So I just started working on what I was saying today, this week. Well, a little bit last week. I couldn't wait, but mostly the last couple of weeks. And today on our birthday Sunday, uh, I wanted to obviously just celebrate how God's goodness has been demonstrated in eight years of our specific church. Um, But also, I want to specifically talk about what we're going to call B4, right? The letter B, the the number four, four basic human needs that we all have, right? Now, that's a bold statement, right? As as I get to know some of you, and as I just look around the room, I, I already got um, attacked, not attacked. I got, uh, I, I got called on for not wearing Panthers gear. Cause you know, I'll wear that and that's, but you know, it's my first Sunday back and I just re- relentless gear, by the way, if you need some relentless, you don't you want to like, man, I'd like a relentless shirt. All right. We're going to talk to you about there, there's a, there's a path for you to get a relentless shirt. We'll talk about that next week. That's, that's a tease right there. Right. So, but that's a bold spot. Look at like some of you got your jerseys on. You can't wait till one o'clock. Some of you are just, you just laugh at people. You just laugh at people that center their schedule around a sporting event, right? Um, and and we're, not, we're different in a thousand ways. Like as a church, just in this room, forget those 11 o'clock people. Like we could go and, and talk row to row about what sounds fun on a weekend. And some of you over here would say, hey, this is, this is fun for us to go do this. And some of you over here would be like, like, you couldn't pay me 
to go to downtown Raleigh or to do whatever. Some of you just, you, you love like people. Some of you, you would be fine if you never were in a crowd the rest of your life. And, and, and where you come from, we look at our church, um, we do it at Welcome to Relentless. We ask a question, hey, were you born and raised? Where, where did you grow up? Was it North Carolina or anywhere else? The anywhere else almost always outnumbers the North Carolina, right? We, we grew up all kinds of different places in our country and some uh, across the world. Right? We have different experiences geographically, ethnically, which, which matters in life. You're like, well, how does your skin tone affect like, how life is day to day? Like you're in the right church. If you don't know the answer, like you, there's a lot of answers for a lot of uh, skin tones and ethnicities and where you came from and how you view the world. And man, so many things. And yet we're about to look at four things that I'm telling you, everybody in the room needs, not wants, right? I've been learning a lot about that with me and God, the difference between a want and a need. These are not wants. These are basic human needs that everybody in this room has. And I don't know where you stand with God because you may be like, you know what? I don't need anything from God. You're a lie, right? You don't have to understand it fully. I don't. You don't have to even acknowledge it at this point in your life. You're on a journey like we all are, but there is nobody in the room that doesn't have these common needs together. Let me, let me start with the, we'll spend the most time on the first one, which is to be in relationship with Jesus. Notice it doesn't say to believe in Jesus. Be in relation. That is the biggest human need that we all have. So my sabbatical was great. The first 10 days, all kinds of craziness happened. We, we, we had, everything's fine. I'm not getting all deal. But we had multiple ER visits uh, in our family and our church staff. We, we, we had uh, stuff, you know, I don't even, we had stuff that like never happens in our lives and our you know, whether it's financial, in our home, in our health. And it was like, what is happening, right? So we kind of got through that initial jolt and then I'm trying. I'm just, I'm trying to spend time with God as my main thing and it's not going great, right? So if you're expecting like, and there was great things, but at this story, I'm getting ready to tell you it wasn't going great. So I'm out in this park behind my house and I'm just uh, probably groaning a little bit, moaning and groaning with God, like, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I don't know if you're like missed the appointment, right? <laughs> like I'm here, like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like I'm listening. I don't have my phone. I don't have distractions. I'm out and I don't have a job. I'm not working on a message. I got no responsibilities at this moment. I'm just here listening to you and like, what are you doing? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, what? And then it like, and I'm, I'm going through all this kind of frustrations in my prayer. And as, as this happens, this isn't, this isn't preacher. Like there's, I, this is what happened. Um, across the way, 20 yards, this deer, most deer are D E E R. Most deer like don't come around humans. This deer didn't get the memo. This deer was just doing his thing. This deer comes up like 20 yards or less from me and is, um, just going to town, drinking out of this little pond, right? And, and there's scripture in me. I, I, my parents came to Christ um, in their late 30s. So from kindergarten or so on, church was a normal part of my life. And I'm thankful for that, partly because the scripture that's in me, as I watch this, as I'm moaning to God, the verse comes to mind. And I didn't know where it was. I had to look it up. But I remembered the verse. 
that as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Or as, my, as the deer longs for water, streams of water, Psalm 42, 1. Some of you remember the song. As the deer panteth for the... Every, every time I sing it, I fall asleep. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, it, I, back in the day, that was the jam. That was like contemporary worship. It was. It was like, why are we singing the hymns? Why are we singing this new stuff? Um, but it was in me, right? And then I remembered, you know, Dean Troon, who I'm so glad when I talk about my spiritual coach now, some of you have a, that were here, you, you can see his face because he preached that amazing message on prayer. But the first prayer journal that I ever learned to do 20 years ago had um, a drawing of a deer drinking water and that verse on it. And what happened over the next um, almost three months was that became a theme, that, that verse, that moment. Um, it was so powerful and will always be so powerful to me. It was God draw me back. And this may come from, from your ears. This may sound a little harsh. It wasn't harsh at all. So I, I, I'm messing up if I communicate that way. But he was communicating to me that that's not you, David Jones. That's the dear longing that's, that, that, is, that needs and is panting and longing and desiring that water. So my soul, that, like my soul is not longing for him. Not, not that I'd lost faith in Jesus, not that I walked away, not that I rebelled, not that I got anything to announce. It's not that at all. It's just that that noise of life had stolen some things from me that I didn't even realize. So this, this verse, not, I long not, not for a belief in God, not, not for God to answer my prayers, not, not, no, that I long for you, God. And I was able to sit in that for the last couple months, and it has been life-altering, life-giving. And, and I just wanted to come back on my first Sunday and remind you for some of you, and I think maybe for some of you, it's not a reminder because you've never lived out of a relationship with Jesus. Like you've heard his name, you're not mad at him. Maybe there's a belief in him. Maybe there was a decision. I'm not judging any of that. I'm just saying, can you be real with yourself in your own soul right now? Do you long for God? Because if you're in relationship with Jesus, your longing for God is, is gonna accompany that. And sometimes we just have to admit, I do long for God, but man, there's some stuff that's in the way. And we're good at admitting that on a Sunday morning and then going right back to all the stuff that's in the way. He's going to call you to be in relationship with him. Some of you that are dating or married or want to be, part of the deal is if I'm in relationship with my wife, I'm not in that kind of relationship with any other woman. She comes first and only. And Jesus is inviting you to a real, alive, like nobody can tell me different. Like I'm not waiting for Sunday morning to hear and function and communicate and interact with Jesus. Like it's nobody can tell me different because I see him because we're actually it's not fair. We're in a real, like I hear him and talk to him. I didn't hear his voice, but he sent that deer. You can't tell me different. It's, it's alive, and I think it's just been easy for me. I don't know about it. It's been easy for it to be stale, and there's impossible to have a stale relationship with a living God. 
One of our favorite were mine. Some would maybe disagree. Um, my family down here. One of, I thought one of our best few days of the summer is we got for the first, none of us had ever been to New York City. So we went there for a few days and there'll be a lot of stories and illustrations and subway references and I'm not going to give all that in the first day back, right? <laughs> but, but one of the um, most memorable things to me, and it was pretty heavy, but um, I, I knew I was, it was one of the things I wanted to do, is, is hit the 9-11 museum, right? Today is, is, is 9-11, 21 years and to my kids, who none of which were born in 2001, they can watch documentaries and, the, and we can talk about what that was and what that meant and how that changed the world forever. But it's different. Walk in this amazing museum that does an incredible job with, with all of the senses and, and hearing and touching and seeing. And again, they weren't there still, but they have a much better understanding because that museum brought it alive, Right? That, that's what we're trying to do, but it's so much, that analogy falls short because you still weren't there. You just heard, we, we don't have a Jesus that we just, every week we get to come here and talk about what he did, right? It's our eighth birthday. Look at all, it's, it's, it's because of what he did and that he, his power is alive and we're proof of it and the relationship is what we're building our whole existence on and he never stops. He's relentless. He keeps coming and next week we're going to have more evidence of his goodness than we do this week because we're in relationship with him and he He's real and he's alive and he wants to speak into your September 11th and September 12th and like a real relationship. That is your most important basic human need. We talked at our house. Sometimes I got to admit, and this is probably going to get me in trouble because there's, there's some great guys that are leading me and, and blessing me in our church and and. Like there's stuff I wasn't supposed to do because I'm on sabbatical, like preach or work on messages or counsel or any of that. And I did good on all that, but a few times I just had to preach. It was just, so I gathered my kids together. And I said, now I didn't preach like stand up here like this, but, but we did. We're, we're walking together with Jesus. And one of the beautiful things of sabbatical is get to um, spend some more time like that with my kids in conversations that were uninterrupted and, and just learned a ton as a dad. And one of the things that we talked about collectively that was really meaningful, I hope, um, it's a verse from Colossians, but, but we started talking about walking with is greater than believing in. And that'll be a message series someday here at Relentless, but, but and you can put a lot, you know, performing for, but, but that's how we just, and it comes from Colossians too, but man, our world, and forget our world, our nine o'clock service, our staff, our, like, I need to remember that every day because there's people that have given up. There's people that are weary. There's people that are like, well, God hasn't come. Like, they don't know. They, they've only believed in God. And if you just believe in God and expect any, like, it's just going to be so disappointing. And then you kind of get tempted to play the game and go through the motions. But deep down, you know, there's nothing really happening here. It's just something we say to make ourselves feel better at funerals. It's, that's not what we're called to. It's not where Relentless Church was started or Jesus started his global church 2,000 years ago. Forget believing in. It's about walking with. It's a relationship. That's what we're about. And that's your biggest, most basic human need. I, I read, let me say this because I know how some of you are. I'm pointing at you because I'm, you know, some of y'all read like, I read a lot of books for me over the last three months, right? Some of y'all, like you'll read a book while we're in church, 
Somehow you finish a book on your, like you, some, I'm, that's exaggeration. Some of you read like a book a week. Like that's crazy to me. I didn't read a book a week. But for me, in my little world, I read a lot of books this summer. I think my favorite quote from anything I read, and I read, you know, some nonfiction, some Christian stuff, some biographies, John Thompson's biography, all over the place. But I think my favorite quote of anything I read this summer, it's on the screen, it's from a book called Deeper. And it says, we grow in Christ no further than we enjoy his embrace of us. Man, that's a whole, like, let's just sit in that for Right? What is it saying? It's saying we have a relationship. Our life is about our need. You need, you don't need to believe in God. You need a relationship with Jesus. It will change everything about your life. I don't have to know you to say that. And, and we grow in this relationship. Don't we want that? Don't you want your relationship uh, uh, September 11th, 2023? Don't you want it to be further along than it is today? Don't you want it to be deeper and tighter and closer and just more of everything? Yes, that's what we want. Well, how do we grow in Christ? How do we advance? You can't go any further with Jesus. Jesus than your willingness to enjoy his embrace of you. I had to admit I'm sitting in different places and, and, and trying, and, and man, I had to get back into the, to the lane of, of enjoying that God loves me. It's, it's supposed to be enjoyed. If that's foreign to you, oh my goodness, what are we doing, right? We're not growing in Christ and we might be leaning towards religion because religion does tend to go to performance and stale and just get things done and read my Bible and go to church and move along and check the list. But man, if you want to grow deeper with Jesus, you got to make time just to sit. Like you know everything we talked about, we sang about failures and flaws. You know everything there is to know and you're crazy about me. That you, you desired to cover me with the blood of the perfect Jesus on the cross. Oh my goodness, I've le- I'm learning, I have not learned. I am learning to enjoy that and it is amazing. Most basic need to be in relationship with Jesus. Second, is to belong to the body of Jesus. That's a weird phrase, like, well, come on now, Pastor, you got, where did you go do on the Aaron Rodgers kick, you know, psychedelic stuff? What do you want? How do you belong to a body of Jesus? Right? What, what, what we're talking about when we see in Scripture the body of Jesus, it says that, that we're members of Jesus, that the, we're the body of Christ. That's a term for the church. Now, in a second, I'm going to give you a verse from that, from Ephesians 1, but it's at the end of the chapter, and that was a very meaningful chapter to me over the last three months, Ephesians 1. So I'm not going to read all that, but I just want you to know, and you're going to get to it later. We'll get to that at the end of the service. But man, it's an amazing chapter of just gospel and hope and, and us being adopted and, and how God feels about us and, and what life is all about and who Jesus is and everything's built on him and everything's under him and he is the one and only. All of that builds to this verse at the, at the very end of Ephesians 1, which says, and God placed all things under Jesus, under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow. The church, which is not a building, it's not 1540 mechanical. This is not the church. I know we say I'm going to church. You're not. Because the church is a collection of humans. It is 
people that have come together to belong to something bigger than themselves, that we are actually the breath, the voice, the hands, the feet, the love of Jesus to Raleigh and greater Raleigh, North Carolina, and ultimately the world. It is the fullness of him who fills everything. What is the fullness of Jesus who's everywhere all the time? Where do we get like the most full version of Jesus? It's in his church. That's what this is, and you were created with a need. This isn't, don't, this doesn't, hey, this isn't about your church attendance, belonging to church. No, this is about belonging to the body of Christ, which obviously is going to include what we do on Sunday mornings, but it's so much bigger than that. We, we, we have a need, and you see it. I see it in my own life. We, we, we try to plug. We try to belong in so many, everybody, every human in every place, we want to belong. And we do all kinds of things to belong to this group and that group. And some of that's fine. It's not wrong. But you were made, you were created by God to belong to Jesus, yes, but also to belong to each other in this body, intertwined, interconnected, what he refers to as the church. He loves it when we gather. Right, that moment we had 15, 20 minutes ago where we're all singing and you can hear the voices, right? He doesn't love that because we sound good and we did. He loves it when you worship him in your car and in your bathroom and where, like he loves that because he, he, he made you to have a relationship with him. But he, he tells us clearly, it's not just about you and him. It's not just phone booth. It's not just vertical, that the vertical always impacts the horizontal, that the two basic needs are so interconnected. You can't grow in your relationship with Christ and not be in love with the body of Christ. He loves it when we Study together, pray together, worship together, take communion together, carry each other's burden, serve the community together. And there's, there's so many opportunities um, in our church right now, you know, uh, as far as the church calendar, and, and I'm just gonna put the website up on the screen. We don't have to put any other slides up because you, you just go and find one of those or two of those things. There's, there's um, Chauncey mentioned earlier, this Saturday is the third Saturday. It's every month we try to get that on your calendar back in the spring so it's not always surprising you. Oh, is this the third Saturday? Um, and again, some of you, maybe schedules don't allow that, but some of you, like, that's important for the body to serve. It's a beautiful ministry with love from Jesus. There's two shifts. There's one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Um, just to take care of people that, that are struggling. We're, what are we? We're, we're the fullness of Jesus. Right? We don't have to guess about how Jesus acted. We have the revelation and the beauty and, and God giving us scripture and we have documented of what Jesus said and how he lived and we know who he ran to. He ran to the people that were struggling. Financially struggling, physically struggling, emotionally, spiritually struggling. And, we, and this is just one of the many opportunities that we get to serve people because we are the body of Christ. That's what we do. When you sign up to serve, I know um, we got coffee and, and donuts, and that doesn't just, like, it's not like Old Testament manna. We don't get here on Sunday morning, and that's just like, oh, is that, somebody goes and gets that and prepares that. It's like, so, so we need people to serve. Like, if you're not serving and you're in on Relentless, like, come on. We, but, but it's not just that. When you're, you know, when you're back there doing 
and serving. You're out here in the park. Like the point is that you're serving with some other people and you kind of get to know each other and have each other's and eventually not just know each other's name, but, but have a relationship, right? It's really important to belong and part of belonging, like you can't belong to the body of Christ by just coming and sitting, right? You, you got you to gotta know and, and be a part and be involved. That's why we started the church all those years ago. Now, now here's, here's what's changed. We've talked about this in some other uh, settings, but I don't think ever from stage. And this isn't a bad thing. It's a really exciting thing for me. Um, we're a church, we started as church as an untold, a church for the untold unconvinced. We still are. Now, if you're a Christian, obviously, we want you here. We kind of need you. It's hard to do this without Christians. But all that means is that there's 700,000 people. It's a very, very, very conservative number. There's 700,000 people in Wake County that don't have a relationship with Jesus, right, at least. So, man, we try to be a church that welcomes them, that lets them know that there's a place for them here and um, they're not excluded and that Jesus died for them and the gospel's true for them. And um, some of them that have never really been told the gospel, they think it's about belief or they think it's about religion. And then some that have heard it, but they've never been convinced it's worth giving your life to. The more you're in relationship with Jesus, the more nobody has to talk you in to surrender, right? It's like, it's a love relationship thing. So, and we, we started that way. We're still that way. But when we started that way, we got a lot of folks that had never been, like they weren't coming from whatever church down the road, they were coming from like, I don't go to church. So when we talk to them about serving, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm coming to church on Sunday morning at a theater. I've never done that in my life. Like, don't get, don't get greedy, pastor. Like, that's a big deal for me, right? So um, it's just beautiful to watch, you know, not guilt them into that, but watch God move. And, and we were, you know, grew and went to two services and had people serve. And in their first four years of our church life, 95%, it's probably higher than that, 95% of new people that came to Relentless Church came because somebody at Relentless Church invited them, right? So it was, God's doing this. I didn't think church could be like this. I've never understood the gospel. I've never, I didn't know multi-ethnic churches, like all these different things, and people were excited, so they were just, hey, you know, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And we, and we trained people and taught people if somebody in your life is like, oh, they would never come to church. That's who you're, that's the one, right? That's who we're looking for. And we just saw God work in beautiful ways. So what we ended up with over four or five years is we had um, a really cool thing where when people came to church the first time, they always knew somebody already because somebody invited them. Sometimes they gave them a ride. If not, they met them in the lobby because, you know, it's in the theater. What are we doing? They walk them in. So they already knew somebody. Now, how like much they loved the vision of who we were, you know, it varied, but they loved the people, right? And they loved who invited them and God was working on that. And it was beautiful, right? Then we moved here, right? And then not a year after that, COVID hit and things were crazy, as you know. And then we started to come back and we started to get people coming that we had never seen. And where we would get one or two in the old days, a year, we would get almost every week, we would get How'd, how'd you hear about Relentless? I Googled multi-ethnic, non-denominational, some of these buzzwords. Usually it's multi-ethnic. I was, I was looking for this. And what's changed is we've got a lot of people that moved here from other places. They already know Jesus and they, they don't just show up at a church. They watch two, three, four, five, six, seven messages. Some people that have come, they know more about what I preach than I do, right? So by the time they come here, like they're all in on the vision they just don't know the people. 
So in the old days, we had everybody knows somebody, right? And we're trying to teach about, you know, the vision and come on in. And, and then we had this last, like, we've got people, like, they're all in on the vision as much as they can be, you know, in the early days. But relationally, like, they haven't walked through any life with anybody at Relentless. So now, on our eighth birthday, we get to do both. God is doing something in the world, yes. In our country, yes. But specifically here, I, I don't know how to explain it except... There's a ton of people that are just Googling multi-ethnic church. That didn't happen even five years ago. So there's people looking for what God is doing, and that's beautiful. But what we've got to get back to, nobody's inviting anybody to church during the pandemic. Hey, come to church with me. Maybe you get a German die. Better, better know Jesus just in case, right? It didn't work. Nobody was inviting anybody, and I get that, right? We haven't even talked about inviting people, right? But, but now, right? What if we get, both, we get people looking for what God's doing and they're, they're, they're checking us out online and then they're, they're coming and we get back to kind of who we were at the beginning, which is all of us in this room know somebody who needs Jesus, right? And we're going to be super patient and super compassionate and just let God do what he does. But, but we're asking you, uh, that's part of the reason we're doing week two of our, of our birthday. We're asking you to bring somebody with you next week. We're asking you to invite somebody. We, we always say, man, it's your job to go out there and say, hey, would you come? And, and if they say no, like that no, never, you know, that's okay. That's, that, we put that on God, right? And sometimes it's the 10th time you ask, and that's, we're, we'll be relentless in that. But we're asking you, we get the feeling that we, we kind of stopped, not all of us, but for the most part, we've kind of stopped thinking that way. I used to invite every server at a restaurant. I mean, this time eight years ago, oh my goodness, if you were at a stoplight beside me and it was a long light, well, hey, hey, yeah, what do you need? You want to come to church? We're at the theater. You know, I was inviting everybody. I, I, I don't live like that anymore, right? We got to get back to, and who, who do we get that from? We get that from, from Jesus. So there, there's uh, invite cards. I think they're in the lobby. Yes, no. Yeah, we're not, all right. We, we hope they're in the lobby. Um, we'll find out here in a few minutes. I'm Grace. I just came back from sabbatical. I was told there's invite cards, but if you don't have an invite card, you don't need it. It's just something to have in your hand. It'll be less awkward, but embrace the awkward. Just, hey, it's our, birth, it's our church's birthday this Sunday. Here's your line. It's our church's birthday this Sunday. Would you come with me? That's it. All right? And they say, no, I'm not into that. Hey, you know what? I used to not be into that either. I get it. You can still come, right? We're going to have a, we're gonna have a little uh, Italian ice, like if you, need a, if you need a hook, right? And that's real. We don't tell them there's Italian ice. It's like, oh, just kidding. Just wanted to get you here. We'll have Italian. That's part of our celebration next week, right? God, we moved that to next, which I'm so glad with the weather today. So that works really well. Um, so do what you need to do. But man, I pray as I've been kind of talking about that, that God put maybe somebody on your heart. And, and maybe they come this Sunday and it's the beginning of something beautiful. Maybe they don't. And it's the beginning of something beautiful. We just want to get back because one of the most beautiful things you can give to somebody is the gift to belonging to the body of Christ, right? It's the most powerful, life-changing organization, organism that God has ever invented. And we're blessed to be a part of it. We, we love that Ephesians verse in two, uh, Ephesians two, where it talks about us being built together, right? So belonging to the body of Christ looks like being built together, now, these last two are real quick uh, because they're, they're, they're messages into themselves that we'll get to at a later date. But number three, your need, you, you need to be involved in the mission of Jesus. 
And again, I don't say that like with a hand, like you need to, this is your need, like you need purpose in your life. God created you to know him and to do good works that he created in advance for you to do. How does that happen? And finally, it happens through the body of Christ. You need to be in relationship with Jesus. Everything has to flow from that. As you're in relationship with Jesus, you belong to the body and serve the body of Christ and you live on mission. You don't, you don't, you know, come get your Jesus fix and then go live your life and come back a week later. No, we're actually living on mission. Everything in our life revolves around Jesus and what he's called us to do. What has he called us to do? He's called us to reach people, to go and make disciples, the untold, unconvinced. That's what he did. That's what the early church did. That's what we're still doing 2,000 years later. We're not mad at the people that don't know Jesus. We're not mad at the people doing crazy, sinful stuff. We love them, and Jesus loves them, and his whole plan for them to know that he loves them was us. We, you represent Jesus in your office this week. Does that mean you stand up on a table and preach? Probably not, unless he tells you really clearly. But you represent with love and grace your office, your dorm, your team, your family, your neighborhood. You are Christ, man or woman this week and wherever you're about to go. And that does something. We need to know why we're here and why we're living. And that's the church. You know, how stupid would it be today at one o'clock if, if we tune in for the game? We're so ready. We tune in for the game. They come out for the first play after the kickoff. The camera comes in on the huddle. We watch the huddle. We can't hear everything they're saying. We watch the huddle, and then the screen goes to black. We don't see the play. We don't know what happened. As soon as the play's over, we come back, and we get to watch every huddle, but we don't ever get to see the play. All right? Well, people be throwing stuff, calling the company, like it'd be horrible, right? This is important. Don't, don't, it's not a perfect analogy. What, what we're doing, what we do each Sunday and teaching and learning and worshiping, and, and it's not just this, it's the conversations that happen by the coffee and in the parking lot. It's really, it's part of that belonging, but we are here to huddle up and then go play, this is one hour and 10 minutes of your entire week. And some of you, praise God for you in the, in the neon shirts, you're here for three hours, you know, doing between and serving one and, and attending one, but even three hours in an entire week. Man, we, we are gathering and then we're being sent out as his church. We gotta live on mission. You need to have, because here's why you, it's a basic human need. You're gonna live for something. You were wired and designed to live for Jesus and be his man or woman, young man, young woman. But if you don't, like nobody makes you, you end up living for something. Yourself or something that's maybe, you know, not that bad or something that is, like whatever. But you're going to live for something and it's going to leave you empty. Every single time, over time, it'll leave you empty. Why? Because you weren't wired to live for yourself. There's no peace in that. The fourth and final need that every human has is to be filled with hope. Is it me or are we like running low culturally on hope? Here's what I need to make sure we understand. One through three are all built on the word of God. 
We're a church that believes that God's word is sourced from God through man, not that it's from man about God. It's an enormous difference. So that God has revealed himself through scripture and, and the way we know that these are the basic needs is not from my brain, but from scripture. And the second thing I will say is about one through three is if you live in relationship with Jesus, belonging to the body of Jesus and are living on mission with Jesus, then hope will be a result of that. And sometimes when I'm not living on mission, I don't know what my purpose is. Sometimes when I'm not belonging and letting other people into my life and needing and loving and carrying each other's burdens and the stuff the church is supposed to be. And sometimes when I forget that my most basic need is my relationship with Jesus, sometimes I feel like my hope, my hope tank, you know, my gas tank, my hope tank is, is running kind of low. I don't know. I don't know how yours is today, right? I feel very out of touch, right? Even with, with our staff, I'm just like getting to know them again, right? Which is I'm looking forward to. Uh, Raph and I have a lot to work through, obviously, but, but it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay, but, but I don't know where we are like really collectively as a church. I don't know where you would say your hope like I'm off the charts with hope today or man, I'm really running low. What is hope? Well, hope is the, the expectation of God coming through. Hope is so connected to our vision statement, the forever focus. Hope, hope is the confidence. It's coming. We've never been closer than we are today. If there's one thing I'm most confident with coming off my sabbatical is that this life ain't it. There is a forever. It's not a fairy tale. It is so, I can taste it. We are fast forward. We can't hit the pause button. We are accelerating to eternity. And my hope is built on Jesus. It's a strong, sure foundation. We can trust it. And if I start to wonder, God, are you, is it, is there anything more? Are we just making it up? Do we just die? Are we, is it just nothing? That, oh, man, my hope starts to dwindle, and then life gets really, really messed up. Our culture is desperate for hope. I want to give you some homework today as we, as we go, which I've never used that word, right? I don't love that word. It's got a lot of nasty connections to it. I apologize, young people in, in, in class and school. But it's a word everybody understands, so I'm using it, right? And, and I want us to really interact with two chapters in the word this week. So this is your homework. Now, I'm coming off, like one of the biggest phrases of my sabbatical was, no pressure, Right? I've, I've texted that to some of you this week just about asking, like, hey, what's going on with it? No pressure. And I mean it. Right? We're not supposed to live with pressure. It's not from Jesus. So there will be no test next week. All right? We will not raise our hands. Who read the chapters? We're not doing that. It's none of that. It's totally voluntary. But we're asking you as a church with your, um, just you, if, if you're a single or with your roommates, if they're followers of Jesus, they don't have to go to Relentless or your family, whoever you live with, um, coworkers, whatever. Read two chapters. One is Psalm 42, right? That's the deer longs for the water chapter. It starts with that beautiful verse that changed my summer. And then it's a bunch of verses of whining. It's a bunch of, God, like, why, don't you, why are, like, everybody's saying where you at and where are you at and why am I sad? 
Why am I so sad, God? Like, why don't you come through? What is going on? It's so, it, like, you know you can talk to God. How do we know we can talk to God like that? Because it's in the Bible. Psalm 42 is, dear, I want to I long for you. Like, God, where are you at? And then it ends. The last verse, it's not a big chapter. The last verse is, but I hope in God. Even when I don't get it, that hope, you cannot lose hope. Ephesians 1 is what I referenced earlier. It's just a beautiful gospel-drenched chapter that uses the word hope several times. Here's what I believe. I believe that our relationship with Jesus is our most basic need. I believe he wants to interact relationally with you through those two chapters this week. I think it'll change your Wednesday. If God gives us Wednesday, what's that? The, the, the 14th? I think the September 14th can be very different based on us allowing God to speak to our hearts through those two chapters, through this week, to study those. The other thing I believe is that next Sunday, September 18th, uh, will be different if we've marinated in those two beautiful chapters, right? So, so you got a lot, right? You can sign up for stuff. Uh, you, you're going to bring somebody with you next week and be ready to party for week two of birthday Sunday. But if you're only going to do one thing, which I hope you do more, if you're only going to do one thing, I pray that it's let God speak to your heart. Get quiet. Don't, don't do it during the game. Come on, y'all. <laughs> don't read this Psalm 42 on a commercial break. Get alone. Get quiet. Get still. It's worth the, the hardness. Trust me. And let God speak to you personally through Scripture. I hope he's spoken to you today. Just a reminder, or maybe for the very first time, you're starting to understand you're very basic. Nothing's going to matter until you begin a faith surrender, not belief, no walking with so much better than believing in. Would you, would you stand up? Let me pray over you before we leave this place. Oh, Father, would you, would you do what only you can do? Would you show up, God, in, in closets and in cars on audio because that's how some people, God, want to do it, and you meet them right there in, in kitchen tables early in the morning, in beds late at night, on work breaks, um, in dorm rooms. God, however, God, would you meet us in your word, two simple, beautiful chapters written hundreds and hundreds of years apart, but yet are going to lead us to the exact same hope. God, would you fill us with hope? Would you do something we can't even explain in our soul that lets us know like we're not building our life on nothingness, that it's real, that as much as we believe that you came, died, and rose again, you will come back and you'll get your church. God, thank you for the relationship you offer. Thank you the that we can belong to the body of Christ. Thank you that we can serve and live on mission for and with you. And thank you that you fill us with hope of what is to come. God, we praise you when we go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Sign up for something and please go Panthers. <laughs>